You're listening to How I Grow with The Seed Collection, and today we'll be talking about composting. This episode is packed full of practical information on how to create and best manage a compost system at your home. First, a brief rundown on what composting is. Composting is a process which involves converting your kitchen and garden waste into humus. Humus is then added to your garden soil. Humus is the organic component of soil, formed by the decomposition of plant matter by soil microorganisms. It reintroduces vital nutrients and builds soil structure, which encourages better plant growth and better soil fertility too. It is very easy to do and can be done at little or no cost at all. Just a few of the benefits derived from composting include, but are not limited to, improving the soil quality and vitality of your garden. This occurs by the compost releasing rich nutrients into the soil and helping to build soil structure. Preventing greenhouse gas emissions by encouraging aerobic breakdown of organic material. Reducing the volume of garden and kitchen waste which would otherwise go to landfill. Recycling valuable nutrients without the use of artificial fertilisers. The microscopic organisms within compost help to prevent plant disease and aerate the soil. All of this, and you can save a few dollars by not having to buy fertilisers. So how does composting actually work? Within a composting system, organic material is confined. This accelerates decomposition and releases nutrients into the soil at a faster rate. There are two main types of home composts, and these are bin composts and pile composts. With bin composting, the method involves using a designated container or bin with lids optional to hold and manage compost materials. Bins can be purchased or created from various recycled materials like wood, plastic or metal. Composting this way helps contain the materials, making the process that bit neater and more organised. It also facilitates better control over factors like moisture, aeration and turning. Then we have pile composting. This method is more informal and cost-effective, requiring no special containers at all. It is best suited for larger quantities of material and it's a straightforward option for those who prefer a less structured approach. This is where organic materials are heaped into a mound or pile directly on the earth. Some people who use this method also choose to frame or allocate a general area using something informal and removable like chicken wire or even just a specific corner of the yard. This helps to ensure that the pile won't fall and spread out along the ground. Now while pile composts lack the structure of a bin, they allow for good aeration and the composting process occurs more naturally. Both bin and pile composting systems will effectively break down organic matter into nutrient-rich compost. The choice between the two often depends on personal preference, available space and the amount of compostable material that your household generates. An effective composting system of either variety involves the following components all working together. Nitrogen. These are the green ingredients. Your compost heap must have a generous supply of nitrogen. This stimulates the growth and reproduction of organisms that oxidise the carbon components. These are considered the green and wet components in any compost system and include kitchen scraps, fresh lawn clippings and even weeds pulled from your garden. While these components are critical to the process, your heap shouldn't be comprised solely of this material or it will become sloppy and not make effective compost. 
Another is carbon. These elements supply the heat of your compost pile. Things containing carbon are generally brown and dry products like autumn leaves, branches and straw. An excess of these components is not good for the compost heap either because the carbon itself will take a very long time to break down. Next we have water. Your compost pile should be moist without ever being soaking wet. Moisture enables and encourages decomposition, but too much of this can lead to waterlogging or your compost becoming anaerobic, which is without air. And lastly, oxygen. This component facilitates the decomposition of all other components. To introduce oxygen into your heap, all you need to do is turn over the components periodically. Weekly should be plenty. You can do this with a pitchfork or, if you have a tumbler compost, simply by turning the handle to rotate the barrel. So what ingredients are best for compost? Well, as mentioned, the vital ingredients are the green and brown ingredients. To go a little more in depth on these, this can include things like fruit and vegetable scraps, grass clippings, garden weeds, flowers, even seaweed and kelp. You can also include green fleshy garden trimmings and coffee grounds. Not to forget things like dead plants and prunings, just be sure not to put any diseased plants in there. Straw, hay, pine needles, even wood ash can be added. There are also things like shredded newspaper, cardboard, dryer lint and sawdust that can be really beneficial too. Just be sure that any newspaper or magazine material isn't of the glossy variety. It's also helpful to cut up all of your compost deposits into small pieces wherever practical. This encourages decomposition to occur faster and in a more uniform manner. Try to remove any seeds from weeds or prunings before you add these to your compost. And adding aggressive type plants or weeds like blackberries or cooch grass, which spreads via runners, is best avoided. Adding large chunks of material should be steered clear of too. Items that are too bulky will take too long to break down. More specific things that shouldn't be added to your compost include dairy products, meats, bones, fish or bread. Also be sure to exclude any non-organic materials, things like plastic, glass or metal. Composting in four simple steps. Step one is choosing your compost site. Your compost pile should be situated in an area that's well drained and also receives some daily shade. The reason for this is that too much sun will dry out your compost pile. This will mean that more frequent watering is required to keep all the components active and moist. If you are starting your compost in a large bin, make sure it has good drainage in its base so that water doesn't accumulate at the bottom. It is also a good idea to avoid placing your compost bin too far out of your way. Aim for an area that you will actually take your kitchen scraps to so they don't end up in the household bin. Step 2. Choose your compost components. Make sure that you have a good mixture of the components we've just talked about the green and brown ingredients, along with moisture too. It's also beneficial to add some mature compost or actual garden soil to your new compost as well. This will introduce microorganisms which will help accelerate the process. Step 3. Establish layers in your pile. Start with the thickest, most coarse material at the bottom of your compost heap, around 10 to 15 centimetres thick. This will include things like twigs and small branches and facilitate draining. The next layer should be comprised of garden clippings and kitchen scraps, the green ingredients, followed by the drier brown ingredients like leaves and straw. 
With each layer added, make sure to include enough water to keep the heat moist, but never wet. Continue alternating between green and brown layers until you have used all your ingredients or filled your bin. Finally, add some garden soil or mature compost to the top of the pile to introduce some microorganisms. Adding in some worms is a great idea too. Step 4. Now you just need to maintain your compost pile. Each week or so, use a garden fork to turn all the components over. This will make sure that your compost heap stays well aerated, allowing oxygen to do its work in facilitating decomposition. Water your compost heap as required, being careful not to overwater. The compost heap should be kept moist but never soggy or wet. While composts are fairly easy care, there are a few problems that can develop. A good time to check on your pile is during periodic watering or turning, so that if you spot any of these issues, you can correct them promptly. There are six main things to look out for here. Number one is a compost that emits a really foul odour. One reason for this may be that your heap is too wet or that not enough oxygen has been introduced into the pile. Another common cause is having too many green ingredients and not enough brown. This can be corrected by adding in dry leaves, garden lime or ash to reduce the acidity. Turning the heap more often will help too, as can providing a floor of wooden planks to improve drainage. Number two is pests. If you follow all of the instructions provided, it's very unlikely that mice or rats will be attracted to your compost heap, but some additional preventative measures can't hurt. These include turning the compost frequently to discourage habitation, including a layer of fine wire under the compost bin or heap, and immediately covering any food that is added to the pile. You can do this with other garden waste or soil. Alternatively, if pets are a particular and already present issue in your garden, it's recommended to use an enclosed compost bin with the lid. Number three, a slow maturing compost heap. Sometimes this means that one of the key components is missing or is present in insufficient quantity, like oxygen or water. It could also mean that the compost pile is not hot enough. This can be corrected by adding nitrogen-rich material like kitchen scraps or garden waste, turning the heap frequently to add oxygen and adding a little more water to help. Number four, components matting together. This generally happens when wet materials are introduced to the pile. The problem is that matted materials inhibit aeration, so these should either be broken up with a pitchfork or set aside altogether until they dry out. Number five, if you see any insects or flies buzzing over the pile, this is a natural occurrence, but it can be discouraged by covering any organic materials which may be attracting them. A layer of grass clippings is great for this, and so is lime or calcium. And the last one, number six, is actually something that you do want to see. Steam from your compost pile. This is not a bad thing. This is exactly what you want to see. It indicates that the microorganisms are doing their job and decomposition is underway. Now let's go over identifying when your compost is ready. The amount of time it takes to convert your kitchen or garden waste into usable compost varies significantly for each household. Anywhere from three weeks to six months is generally considered average. It all depends on things like weather, the ingredients you have added, and your composting method. As a general rule of thumb, you can expect your compost to mature much faster in the spring and summer than it does in autumn and winter. This is primarily due to the warmer weather. Identifying when it's ready for use is rather easy. Simply inspect your compost heap regularly. To begin with, 
Your compost will look and smell like a mix of garden and kitchen scraps. Over time, though, you'll notice it beginning to change. You should start to notice its smell reducing, alongside the texture of the compost changing. And toward the end, your compost heap should look and smell like a dark, rich soil and be crumbly in its texture. When you have compost like this, it's ready to use. It's completely normal to have some uncomposted material left in your mature compost. These are generally larger or woody items that need a little longer to break down. Things like sticks, corn cobs, fruit pips and nutshells. Generally speaking, a few stray sticks or shells in your compost aren't a problem, but if you have an excess of these materials, it is best to remove them. They can be picked out by hand or screened through using a garden sieve. However you do this is fine. Then all removed items can simply be added back into your next compost. Next, I'd like to go over some of the most commonly asked questions we hear around composting. Why can't I put meat into my home compost? There are several reasons for avoiding this, the main of which is that it poses a potential health risk. Meats can become infected with bacteria like E. coli, salmonella or listeria. If infected meat contaminates your compost pile, it risks the bacteria transferring to later be spread by you all throughout your garden. Although this is more likely to occur with raw meat, avoiding composting meat of any sort is safest. Second to this, rotting meat will also quickly attract the attention of household pests and rodents, as well as disrupt the nutrient ratios and slow the decomposition of your compost. What is the ideal moisture level for compost? The ideal moisture level for your compost is similar to a wrung-out sponge. It should be damp but never waterlogged. Regularly check the moisture in your compost and add water if it feels too dry or more brown materials if it feels too wet. Proper moisture ensures the microbes responsible for decomposition are active. Do I need to compost in layers or can I mix everything together? Mixing everything all together is perfectly fine. The key is to maintain a good balance of green and brown materials throughout the pile. Turning the compost pile regularly will aid in even and more timely decomposition. Can I compost in the winter or during cold weather? You certainly can. You may just need to adjust your composting routine during these months. This is because microbial activity tends to slow down in colder temperatures, and the less activity paired with colder temps means slower decomposition. While we've established that turning the compost helps to aerate it, turning too frequently in winter can lead to heat loss. Here are some general guidelines for composting during winter. Aim to turn your pile every three to five weeks, rather than the weekly turning recommended during the warmer months. This will allow your compost to retain heat, which is essential for many reasons. Some of these reasons include assisting with the speed at which materials break down, eliminating pathogens and breaking down complex organic compounds into readily available nutrients. Consider some winter insulation for your compost with materials like straw, hay or leaves. A thick layer, about 6 to 8 inches, can help trap heat within the pile and protect it from the extreme cold. Do be careful to make sure that you maintain a healthy moisture balance when doing this though. Too much dry material and not enough wet ones will dry out your compost and dramatically slow decomposition. It's particularly important during the colder months to be sure you're chopping materials into smaller pieces before adding them. Smaller particles decompose more quickly, which can help maintain some level of activity in the pile. Winter conditions, including the severity of temperatures, will vary in different climates and areas. 
Monitoring your compost temperature, moisture and overall appearance will give you insights into how well it's decomposing during these months and it will be the best indicator of any necessary changes you need to make. Why is composting better for the environment? Don't food scraps do the same thing in landfill? Not quite. Composting reduces greenhouse gas emissions and proper composting can help mitigate these. What happens in your home compost is actually a world away from what occurs in landfill. There's no aeration in landfills and when organic matter breaks down without proper aeration, it produces methane, a potent greenhouse gas. On the other hand, composting in an aerobic, oxygen-rich environment generates carbon dioxide instead. By diverting organic waste away from landfills, we not only contribute to reducing the environmental impact of methane emissions, but we provide a healthy boost for our garden, become more self-sufficient and save space in the household bins too. Are there any negative impacts from using compost before it's ready? Unfortunately, there are. Compost that is underdeveloped can cause a range of issues, including nutrient imbalance and the introduction of pathogens and weeds. Immature compost may not have a balanced nutrient profile. If the composting process isn't complete, certain nutrients can be tied up in the organic matter and not readily available to your plants. This can lead to nutrient imbalances later. And it's particularly undesirable if you're wanting to use the compost in lieu of any store-bought enhancers. Using compost too early also increases the likelihood of introducing pathogens and weeds to your freshly prepared garden bed. These pathogens and unwanted guests would have otherwise been left to reach high enough temperatures and die off with the natural and complete cycle of a fully matured compost. Can I compost citrus peels? The short answer is yes, but it is important not to add too much of these or a large amount at any one time. Citrus peels are very acidic, so it's advisable to not only add small amounts at a time, but break it up into smaller portions as well. This will spread them out more evenly when you turn your compost. How can I prevent my compost pile from smelling bad? The answer to this is essentially the same as following the practices we've gone over. Ensure a good balance of green and brown materials, turn the pile regularly, manage moisture levels and avoid adding meat, dairy and greasy materials. Can I add worms to a regular compost bin? Most certainly. Adding worms to your home compost bin can create a more dynamic and efficient system, but it's entirely optional. Traditional composting without adding worms can still yield successful results. If you have any questions or would like to discuss this topic or any other garden-related topic, please connect with us and many other garden enthusiasts in our group on Facebook, the Seed Collection Community. You've been listening to How I Grow, produced by the Seed Collection in Melbourne, Australia. It's our aim to make gardening more accessible to more people, and this podcast is one of the many ways in which we're doing that. If you don't already know who we are, jump online and visit www.theseedcollection.com.au. You'll find a treasure trove of gardening information, as well as a huge range of seeds and garden supplies and accessories. That address again is www.theseedcollection.com.au. Thanks for listening.